Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. night I sent an email to the office of the state attorney to summarize that email it's a request to the first judicial circuit for an investigation into gerrymandering and what I believe is a clear sunshine law violation during the last election cycle today I sent a letter to the governor's office requesting the removal of Jeff Brigash well here we go <laughs> That is the voice of Steven Stroberger, who was one of the candidates who did not emerge victorious from the District 2 County Commission race last time around. Uh, that's the race that Mike Kohler won. He now works as uh, Mike's aide. Um, and in case you don't remember, there were conversations uh, about redistricting, who would be in, who would be out, who would be affected uh, on the race in the text thread between you know Jeff Bergosh and David Baer. And Steve Stroberger says, um, this is this is really bad, guys. Um, I've filed a letter and I'm looking for an investigation and I'm accusing you of violating the Sunshine Law and of gerrymandering, uh, either of which would be, you know, a problem. I won't say they rise to the level necessarily of removal from office, uh, you know, the uh, application of, uh, you know, finding that those either of those two things that happened could have various consequences. But um, this was the public forum yesterday during the Escambia County Commission night meeting. You and I talked and texted about the redistricting. You told me it wasn't personal, but I'm just so disappointed. This is him talking to Commissioner Rosh. You and I talked for over a year about my own campaign, and you didn't say one word to me about it. Instead, what you did is you communicated through a surrogate to the other commissioners, or you tried to. Yes, she did. So uh, I could I amplified. I could not make out exactly what Jeff said off mic uh, in response to that. But um, you know, murmuring some form of, I'm sure, vociferous disagreement. Uh, this continues. The timing of certain candidate of a certain candidate's address change, his election filing, and your contribution to his campaign, all in the same month, was suspicious. But your texcapade crystallized everything I thought I already knew. I'm sure glad I called Mike Kohler. Steve, time's up. If you have, if you have any honor left, Jeff, you'll resign. Yeah, forget that. Let me just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond to that. I'm not sure that forget is the F word he really preferred to use in that situation. But, <laughs> but 
But uh, it is the one that he did use, so that's good. If you have any honor left, Jeff, you'll resign. Yeah, forget that. Let me just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond to that. <laughs> I'm not hearing things there. I might. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Wow. Um, I feel sad that I don't have good music. You know, I, you know, we've got good theme music for the Santa Rosa County Commission, the uh, Milton City Council, the Pensacola City Council. I never have found the one that I'm happy about for the, uh, the Scambia County Commission. I was racking my brain yesterday because I thought, I mean, if anything justifies having good theme music, this does. And by the way, let me assure you, um, this was only the beginning. This is a relatively short meeting in which a lot of very good things happened. We talked about a lot of that yesterday with Wes Moreno. Uh, a lot of business got done, but um, also I would say an awful lot didn't get said. There was an awful lot of non-discussion of items. You know, just, okay, move along, move along, move along. It's almost like they don't want to be on record saying anything. <laughs> it's almost like that's what's going on. I'm not saying that is what's going on. I'm saying it just, if you had that theory, you could be forgiven for holding it. Uh, so what did Commissioner Bergash say in response after Steve Stroger had his comments? Number one. I didn't want to rezone last year in 2021. I wanted to wait till 2023. That's on the record. Lumen and I, we were pushed into it. This board wanted to do it. We moved along at a very, very reduced. Now listen, this is one way. You're going to listen now. You're going to listen now. You're going to listen. Nope. You're going to listen to me now. I listen to you. You're going to listen to me. And by the way, uh, he, he's accurate about that. I mean, he did want to put it off because he thought the time frame, it was all because the census numbers didn't come in in a timely way. And then it was a question of, you know, can we really get this done? Or are we rushing the process? Um, he was on the delay advocacy. So, which, I mean, I don't think is particularly relevant to the question of whether he did try to gerrymander the districts. Because wanting not to redistrict at all, and then, you know, being persuaded that it's okay to do it, or that it needs to be done, does that does not then mean that the way he engaged in the redistricting was entirely above board. Like, you could be against the redistricting, which he was, and then once, you know, push comes to shove and you have to do it, you could then engage in it in an irresponsible, immoral, or illegal way, right? The one doesn't really relate all that much to the other. But, you know, Commissioner Ragash is going to make the best case he can to get people to stop trying to pay attention to this issue, and that's what he continued to do. We wanted to wait till 2023 to do it properly. Go back and rewind the tape. Your, your buddy, Doug Underhill, pressed and he wanted it done that year. And it could, no, no, listen, you're listening to me. You're listening to me now. Steve, no, you're listening Jeff, to me now. Jeff, Jeff, one second. Steve, please, not from the audience. Jeff. Yeah. And so we did it in a rushed fashion. That other commissioner is, by the way, Stephen Barry, uh, District 5, the chairman now of the county commission. Um, Jeff continues. And, and, you know, this this whole business of we rushed it, which it wasn't really that rushed. I mean, he was worried that it was going to be rushed, but it didn't wind up being that rushed. That, and again, also, that's just not the issue. Now, you can look at text messages out of context and you can think what you want. You can send letters to whoever you want. I've done nothing wrong and there's no chance I'm resigning. I'm going to run again. And if you want to run against me, Let's put it up there and see what happens. <laughs> anyway, well, you haven't won anything yet. You got blown out. I did win. Thanks for so Mike. The I did win uh, thanks to Mike winning was kind of the early theme of his comments. I didn't cut that part because I didn't think it was all that relevant. But it just, you know, fighting back from the audience, which, uh, again, 
that's actually not the protocol in these meetings. You have your say, and they don't respond, and then they have their say, and you don't get to respond. Um, you know, sort of a Robert's Rules of Orders way of doing things. I do think probably in this early interchange, the very best comment, the most entertaining comment of all, came from Commissioner Barry, who is again running the meeting as the chairman. You ready for this? This is, okay, pay attention. This is what his comment was after all of that. And again, that's just round one. Okay, that's round one. There are at least three rounds to this story, <laughs> so we'll be covering it throughout the day. Uh, but here's this, the end of round one. All right. <laughs> Ready? Just in case you missed it. All right. That is the deepest, most performatively pained sigh <laughs> I've ever heard. Oh, man. Yeah, no, things are bad. Um, oh, and, and by the way, it's not just one person. Uh, I have in my possession at least one other person who has asked Ginger about Madden to step in and do an investigation on both the gerrymandering and the sunshine violation. And, and I'll repeat what I said before, okay? In my opinion, there's plenty of evidence and inference you can make on the gerrymandering side. I don't think there's a sunshine violation here because sunshine violations requires there to be a meeting which was not publicly noticed and Uh, conducted in the public by two members sitting together on a board about a subject matter that they might potentially vote on. And a meeting has to engage two-way communication. And so I, you know, since he didn't get, we don't have evidence, that there was a return communication back from Commissioner May or Commissioner Barry from the text that he asked David David Barry to carry, nor is there any evidence that David Barry actually carried them. Unless there's something in the text that shows that, which, you know, that evidence has not come forward yet, um, then, you know, there's no evidence of a reciprocity or, or a return, and therefore there wouldn't be a sunshine violation. Did it? Did he intend to work in the dark around the official system by taking advantage of the very, very edge of the law? Oh, yeah, I mean, obviously. But that's not the same as breaking the law. You know, is it a, you know, in-spirit violation? Sure. Is it an in-fact violation? Oh, no. I, again, I don't think so. 437-1620, but, you know, the appearance. And then the question that everybody's got is, well, this is only the text we've seen. What else is in there? Which is kind of the reason why people are calling for an investigation, because they want to find out, hey, whatever happened here, the public ought to know, and the public ought to at least have confidence that somebody's looked at all of this stuff and decided that, no, there's actually no fire underneath all that smoke. 520 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you are thinking about buying that next vehicle or trying to decide where to go or, you know, what's the, what's the good next step, I recommend Frontier Motors. Go sample the buffet. 300 different cars on the lot, you know, trucks and uh, vans and SUVs and sedans and sports cars and little compacts and all kinds of stuff. And what you do is you go there and you just look around and see what you want. And you can learn just by, you know, seeing what's available. And if they don't have it, they can go find it. And the chances are they are going to have it. I know from our experience, they had a car we wanted. That's why we bought from Frontier. I knew there were advertisers that Doug, you know, Dave Ramsey recommend them. Um, But I, you know, I didn't have any personal connection particularly. We went there because they had a vehicle. 
I mean, literally, they had a car we wanted to test drive that nobody else had, the Honda Odyssey of the year uh, that we were looking for. Because it, it was just kind of a weird thing where they were too new to be out on, you know, to have used one circulating around. Um, but we didn't, you know, but we couldn't just go buy the brand new one because they'd actually changed model years. And that wouldn't tell us about the previous model year. So it's just kind of a weird gap. They had one. We looked at it. We liked it. We looked at a price. We asked them to come down a little bit. They did. We asked them for a day. They gave it to us. We asked them, can we come down again? They did. I said, can we buy it? I mean, like, it was that easy. Because we weren't going to buy a car, but we did. And we have been super satisfied with them, the car, everything ever since. Frontier Motors, serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years behind the Big Buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. My husband, Alex Hesse, was hit by an IED in Afghanistan. I was playing man in foot patrol, and I slept on the bomb. Lost my legs and my left hand in an explosion. And he suffered a severe traumatic brain injury. Yes. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. There are so many mountains to climb, and we do it together. With the right support, more veterans can reach victories great and small. Seeing Alex learning how to snow ski, that's life-changing. DAV provides a lifetime of support to veterans of every generation, helping more than a million veterans each year. Alex did it. He skied down this mountain. That's something he won't forget. With the right support, there are no limits. To see him on that slope and smiling like that, we'll be taking this home. This has meant so much. Thank you, DAV. Alex Hussey, thank you for your service. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. <coughs> oh, this cold. Honey? <laughs> Honey? Honey, you need DayQuil Severe Honey. DayQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a honey-licious taste. Because life doesn't stop for a cold. Okay, I'm ready to go. <coughs> now I'm getting a cold. Honey. Try DayQuil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu relief. DayQuil Severe with honey flavor. The daytime coughing, aching, stuffy head fever. Honey-licious. Power through your day. Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be a sign that your digestive system isn't working at its best? Taking Metamucil every day can help. Metamucil fiber powders help promote your daily digestive health using a plant-based fiber called psyllium. The gelling action of this special fiber traps and removes waste so you can feel lighter and more energetic. Metamucil, promoting digestive health for a better you. Learn more at metamucil.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Gulf Coast businesses are estimated to lose over $100,000 to email scams. I'm Nathan with Data Revolution, and this is your cybersecurity tip of the month. It's the season of giving, but criminals know you are more likely to click a malicious link if it looks like a good deal. Be wary of all marketing emails, and your bank account will thank you. Businesses along the Gulf Coast trust Data Revolution for their cybersecurity and communications needs. Google Data Revolution Pensacola for more information. Tune in to News Radio Pensacola today and stay informed about what's happening in your community. We're here to keep you connected. News Radio Pensacola, informative, local, dependable. Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back, but to wipe them out. That's the plan. You have my word on it.
been lobbying on this pretty heavily. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure we all have been. And Robert, I know Robert's been very engaged. Jeff, you want to start or Robert? Whatever. Well, sure. I, look, look. I, I want to do what's right. I want to do what's best. I want to hear from you. I'll be very honest. I'm 50-50 on this. I'm, I'm sitting right there. I see the value of it, but I also know we're, we're going to be expending significant taxpayer money to do it. This is uh, Commissioner Jeff Bergash yesterday in County Commission meeting the agenda review during the day talking about the District 1 Medical Examiner's Office, which we've been talking about quite a bit, and it's kind of push-come-to-shove time where Robert Bender has worked very, very effectively behind the scenes working out a deal with the other counties to get them to pay more. Uh, the cost of the facility has come down as they have limited its scope. Um, Sacred Heart is going to be open, uh, not open, but available as a satellite office in case of overflow need. Um, the Santa Rosa County is going to donate the land instead of using it to offset some of their costs in the project. So all kinds of concessions granted to Esc- Escambia County because the commissioners, commissioners uh, Lumen May, Stephen Barry, and Jeff Bergash, uh, pitched a hissy fit about not wanting to move it out of the county and saying, you know, no, no, it's got to stay here because, you know, five minutes driving in the city is so much more important than eight minutes driving on the highway. You know, like that's basically the argument. Um, and, you know, there was all kinds of other backstory about this, the attack on Deanna Oleski's character and, you know, Commissioner Barry's participation in that uh, story, I will say, uh, just keeping it as neutral as possible. That She's suing the funeral directors for defamation over that, by the way, and he was the one that organized the meeting of them and then received the letters from them, which then somehow just got out in the public at a time that was convenient to try to de- derail this project. You put the pieces together the way you want. Anyway, um, Commissioner um, ben, uh, Commissioner Bergash uh, says, I'm 50-50, I haven't decided. Commissioner Bender um, says, look, I've been working on this. Come on, man. This is uh, something that I've been working on, and, and I'm going to support it tonight because if, if I feel I don't, then I've been negotiating in bad faith for the last two years. So um, it's, uh, you know, we've gotten a smaller facility. We've driven the cost down. Uh, we have support from the state and uh, potentially uh, additional support from the state uh, this year. And um, yeah, uh, so, I, I, again, it, it's... Uh, he worked hard. Not everything we probably want, but I, I think it's... a uh, a very equitable and, and fair agreement. And he's right. It's a much better deal for Escambia than came back before. Mike Kohler says... The current facility, even if we, we were to put 3 to $5 million in there, it still probably wouldn't be adequate for what standard of care is for accreditation. Right, because Commissioner Bergash is like, well, I don't know, we could spend 3 4 $5 million and you know refurbish the Sacred Heart facility and bring that up to... It's, it's such a waste of money. And it wouldn't even be less money than the facility itself is going to cost Escambia County. And instead, if you spend the money, you know, you get a 28% share of the overall cost of about $18 million. Um, you wind up getting a first-class facility that benefits all four counties and has opportunity for expansion. It's just, I mean, it's weird, petty personal politics at this point to be opposing it. So that's what he said. Mike Kohler, we knew was on board. We knew Robert Bender was going to be on board. So the question is, how did this fare in the actual meeting? I I was stunned. I was so stunned. This is the full scope of the conversation about this topic in the Escambia County Commission meeting last night. You ready? You ready? This is everything. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Next item up is a discussion with Domes. Right. Board? Uh, no. Well, no, there's no speakers. No speakers. Uh, I see Crab and Craig's in the audience. but Craig Coffee with the no Oklahoma County board. Commission. Where do you all want to? Uh, I know we talked to we talked well, this morning. So a little bit, yeah. If uh, I'm ready to make a motion, then if, if there's no discussion, 
Well, see, you're the, you got the only light, Commissioner. All right. How about it? So then I uh, move to accept the interlocal and authorize the chairman to sign it. Nobody from the public? No. Nobody makes a comment? Good discussion from the board? All right. Hearing none, please vote. Nobody other than Jeff's initial comments about I'm 50-50. I'm not too sure. I've been lobbied heavily. Bender talking up the, the proposal. Kohler talking it up. Item passes 5-0. to Oh, I could have fallen off my chair. 5-0. I was wrong. I said yesterday I didn't think they'd do it. They did it. We're going to get a medical. I mean, Santa Rosa's got to pass it, but that'll be done easy peasy next week. Uh, Commissioner Calkins might vote no. So they might go 19-1 and on all the four county commissions. Uh, it'll either be 20-0 or 19-1. and But holy smokes. That's it. We're done. Just like that. Cool. 529 News Radio 92.3. Oh, Steve, I completely forgot about you, man. I'm so sorry. Sitting in for David Wayne this morning. What's your what's your news headline, sir? Well, President Biden's son is facing federal tax charges. A special counsel charged him yesterday with after the grand jury indicted him on nine counts. And, of course, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes with Fox News, followed by our, our local news and so forth. Outstanding. Right. Thank you so much, Steve. I'll, I'll give you more time in the next couple hours. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, by the way, I want to say... Kudos to, and my congratulations to, Stephen Barry for reversing himself, Lumen May for reversing himself, and Jeff Bergosh for reversing himself and voting yes on the thing. I didn't think they would. I did not have confidence in them. They proved me wrong. Well done, gentlemen. Good job. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. His attorney says Hunter Biden's last name and Republican pressure are why he's charged with not paying taxes he paid in full two years ago. The president's son has been indicted on nine tax-related charges, three of those felonies brought by special counsel David Weiss, who wrote, Between 2016 and October 15, 2020, the defendant spent this money on drugs, escorts and girlfriends, luxury hotels and rental properties, exotic cars, clothing and other items of a personal nature. In short, everything but his taxes. Fox's Alexandria Hoff, the Texas attorney general warns doctors they will be prosecuted for performing illegal abortions even if a judge grants an exception like in kate cox's case yesterday she says her pregnancy is threatening her health her doctors have said the fetus has an abnormality and there's a strong chance it could be stillborn a state district judge gave her that restraining order fox's jill nato america's listening to fox news Good morning and happy Hanukkah. It's 531, 53 degrees in Pensacola. I'm Steve Taylor in for David Wayne on News Radio 92.3. State Representative Alex Andrade has formally filed his bill that he hopes will crack, crack down on Escambia County's panhandling problem. House Bill 759 is dubbed the Solicitation of Contributions Act. According to the bill, an individual would be prohibited from approaching the operator or any other occupant in a vehicle for the purpose of panhandling. In addition, it also looks to do away with panhandling within 50 feet of a bus stop, bank or ATM, and 100 feet of a child care facility or K-4 through 12 school. If passed by the Florida legislature, it would take effect July 1st, 2024. Joe Ford, News Radio 92.3. Pensacola Mayor D.C. Reeves says it's time to reset where the community is where it comes to the redevelopment of the Old Baptist Hospital because of the potential that some of the buildings on the Old Baptist Hospital campus could be reused. Reeves made the comments during an invitation-only meeting at the Bayview Community Center where more than 50 local business and community leaders discussed the future of the Old Baptist Hospital property on West Moreno Street. Pensacola and Baptist Hospital are engaged in active negotiations on an agreement 
Women for Baptist Hospital to donate the old campus to the city if it secures funding from the state to demolish the hospital. The estimate to demolish that property is $18 million, and the city is seeking funding from the legislature. Escambia County leaders are telling a prospective buyer of the OLF-8 property to revise the offer and then come back. Last month, the county received a letter of intent from Beulah Town Center LLC to purchase 375 acres of the property for more than $20 million. District 1 Commissioner Jeff Bregas says while the other while the offer follows the spirit of the master plan, it falls short in other areas. Obviously the price. <laughs> I think we need a little bit more up front. I don't like the 12-month due diligence period. I think uh, a little more earnest money needs to be put up, and I think it needs to go hard in a shorter period of time. I think there's uh, a request for a rezoning to agricultural to get out from under paying taxes. I don't know that I'd have an appetite to do that. Bergoss says the county still intends to retain 250 acres of the property for the purpose of job creation. Well, looks like another interesting weather weekend in the area. Let's check the forecast from Channel 3. This is meteorologist Burke Richardson with your first morning weather update. We are going to be seeing a nice and cloudy day today. Temperatures much warmer, warming up near 69 degrees for your high. Overnight tonight, dropping near 62 degrees. For your Saturday, we are expecting about a 70% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Isolated showers in the afternoon, heavy showers and thunderstorms through the nighttime. High on Saturday near 74, low Saturday night near 65. Showers and thunderstorms continue through Sunday morning. A few storms could be strong, 90% chance of rain, high near 67. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV Weather App. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Right now, 53 degrees in Pensacola, 56 in Gulf Breeze, and 51 in Milton at 534. The next news is at 6, breaking news anytime. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. This is a book that's in some of the schools in California, Florida. This is not consistent with our standards called Gender Queer. Two competing views of America. There's one thing that we have in common is neither of us will be the nominee for our party in 2024. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis debated California Governor Gavin Newsom in the Great Red State versus Blue State debate. Heard here on News Radio 92.3. Follow all the twists and turns of the 2024 presidential race on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. A lot of love goes into a Subaru, and thanks to the 2023 Subaru Share the Love event, a lot of love comes out, too. Right now, when you purchase or lease a new Subaru, Subaru will donate $250 to your choice of four nationally recognized charities, the ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. Or choose our local charity, the Pensacola Breast Cancer Association, and Anderson Subaru will donate an extra $150 to Subaru's donation. And for every routine Subaru vehicle service visit, Anderson Subaru will donate $5 more to the Pensacola Breast Cancer Association. So far, we've donated over $140,000 to help fight breast cancer in Pensacola. Be a part of something bigger at the Subaru Share the Love event, November 16th through January 2nd. Anderson Subaru, Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at Anderson Subaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. $250 donation for new purchase or lease. Promotion ends January 2nd. See retailer or AndersonSubaru.com slash share for details. Tis the season. Nutcracker season, that is. Ballet Pensacola presents the Nutcracker at the Sanger Theater December 15th through the 17th, telling the story of Clara, who, with the Nutcracker Prince, defeats the evil Mouse King. Sugar Plum Fairies host a celebration in their honor. Stunning costumes, lavish set designs, with professional dancers and over 100 local Ballet Pensacola Academy students. Experience this holiday favorite. Get your tickets early before they sell out at Ticketmaster.com or PensacolaSanger.com or call the Sanger Theater. 
The Pensacola Christmas Concert is back on News Radio 92.3. It's 24 hours of Christmas music from you, Pensacola. Local churches, local bands, local musicians, all right here on News Radio 92.3, all Christmas Day. We have music from the Pensacola Children's Chorus, the Pensacola Civic Band, Olive Baptist Church, the Perdido Brass, and more. And if you'd like your music to be part of the Pensacola Christmas Concert, send an email to christmas at newsradio923.com. The Dave Ramsey Show, weeknights at 7 after Pensacola, right now on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. department is planning to purchase 21 Taser 7s. The officers have been using Taser models M26 and X26 since 2005. The M26 model was discontinued. We converted to the X26 model. The X26 model has been discontinued and we've been able to purchase refurbished ones during the past several years. Now the refurbished X26 is no longer available and Taser no longer provides technical support for this model. We're beginning to experience taser failures and product malfunctions. There are a few new models available, but the Taser 7 model being requested is the one that meets the needs of the police department. So this is uh, Milton City Mayor Heather Lindsay reading a summary that was written by Chief Tony Tyndall of the uh, Milton Police Department about an item that was on the agenda on Monday and it's going to be voted on finally coming next Tuesday for the regular city council meeting. And it was to, you know order some new tasers to replace the old ones that are not the models that are currently in use. They have been limping along on whatever they had before, uh, but they're starting to malfunction and fail, and they need to be upgraded, a very obvious and justified expense for you know the city council. 21 new tasers at $59,000. I just thought it was interesting to hear her talk about this, that you know starting to malfunction, which obviously you hope that's happening during testing and not you know in actual police activity, um, but also how police use it. We, we're going to talk about this a little bit with Mike Wood in just a second, but this was the sort of the rest of her comments about the use of these, which they don't get used very often in Milton. During the previous four years, officers were required to activate their taser six times. There are multiple events where the officer simply displayed the taser and the subjects complied with the officer's instruction. The taser is a valuable tool when attempting to get a suspect to comply as directed. Peaceful compliance by the suspect greatly reduces the possibility of injuries to the suspect or the officers. Exactly. And that's an interesting variation that I had never really thought of, the idea of brandishing a taser instead of having to actually deploy it. What she says six times in four years, that's, you know, very, very infrequent uh, use of the taser by all of the Milton City Police Department, uh, you know, Milton Police Department officers. 437-1620 is my phone number. Always talking to Mike Wood on a Thursday morning. We talked to him yesterday about this particularly. Mike, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Thank you. Good morning. Hey, so, yeah, good morning. Uh, I was curious, since it sounds like in Milton they don't get used very often, uh, they brandish in order to get compliance, and uh, maybe because they don't get used as often, they don't feel the need to upgrade them as frequently, but uh, they're having to upgrade because they can't get parts or can't get replacements or refurbished or whatever, and they're starting to fail. How does does PPD go through this problem? Are the tasers that Pensacola Police Department uses I mean, old in need of replacement. What is kind of your your policy of keeping that stock proper? 
Well, it's it's like the mayor said; those they eventually wear out, and if they don't, then the manufacturer will quit supporting them, and it's hard to get them fixed and get parts for them. So, uh, at the Pensacola Police Department, we do keep up with that. <clears throat> the Taser is is probably the single best. Uh, less lethal weapon that's ever come out in my 37 years. It's something that's um, very helpful. It's probably kept a lot of people from from getting shot, uh, just to be plain about it. And those things need to work. When the officer needs it to work, it needs to work. And they test those every day to make sure they are. And when they start basically falling apart because of age, uh, we do replace those on a regular basis. So they test them every day, like before you go on in your shift, basically, to make sure it's working properly? Yes. Oh, okay. And so do you ever ha- – I mean, I guess that's a preventative – practice so you don't have the problem of them malfunctioning or falling apart and you replace them frequently enough like you're not having to you're kind of proactively replacing them is that the idea yes we, we, we're proactively doing it and then again what you know if they get damaged or just start not working then we have to replace them as well so it's uh it just depends on the, the situation and and is, is this right that they're used as brandishing in order to get compliance like i'm gonna tase you hold it out in front of somebody and threaten them with it essentially Yes, that works. Uh, sometimes all you have to do is, dis- is display it. Um, they have a laser dot on them that shows where the probes are going to go. And when a person sees that uh, aimed at their chest, a lot of times you have instant compliance. Interesting. Well, that's no, I learned something. That's fascinating. You know, we'd never really talked about this. And um, I was curious to, you know, hear how it works at PPD compared to how it works at MPD. So uh, very interesting stuff. Uh, you know, it's been a relatively low incident. You notice I don't say the keyword uh, week or really a couple. But um, you had what some burglary alarms? What, what happened here? Yeah, uh, Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, officers responded to an alarm at um, Lumber Liquidators on Davis Highway. And upon arrival, officers located um, a, a person, a man inside the business, and made a quick arrest on that. So uh, officers won that dead zero. Um, you know, that's if you don't. It, it goes to show if you don't have an alarm on your system or your home, please get one. Those are getting cheaper and cheaper uh, every year. And it used to be they had to be monitored by a, um, a monitoring company, which we certainly do uh, suggest that you do. But now you can have an alarm go off and it alerts you on your phone. So and then you can call the police on your own. So uh, it just the, the alarms work. And uh, it was a good quick arrest. So uh, great job on, on the patrol division that night. You know, speaking of that with people's homes, uh, we're well into the Christmas shopping season. We're into the Amazon season, so to speak. Um, have we had very many incidents where people have had things stolen off of their uh, off of their porches? One so far, and that's, wow. that's a great a great thing to be able to say. So, yeah, just, just one. Um, but we have officers in the neighborhoods in marked and unmarked cars watching for this sort of thing. And uh, I want to take the time to urge people, if this happens, if you know that you've got a package delivered, uh, you know, most of these carriers will take a picture of it, and you will get a, get a photo of that. And then it's not there. Uh, check with your neighbors, but to make sure they didn't pick it up uh, as a as a favor to you and, and to hold it for you. Um, but don't only call the delivery company, FedEx uh, or or Amazon or UPS. But we need to know. Call the police as well. So we need we need to know. Uh, where these thefts are happening so we can concentrate on that area. And again, as you talked about previously, if they can, if they don't need an officer to come out, they can do that electronically online. Just make sure you're a resident of the city and not a resident of the county, right? Correct. Uh, shot spotter, we're pretty close. Yeah, really close. We're still uh, looking at the, the December area, the mid-December um, we we're very, very close on that. Again, part of the issue was, you know, we had to get uh, permission from property owners 
uh, private property owners to be able to put the sensors in certain locations and also from uh, uh, from FPL. So uh, all of that is in place now. It's just a matter of, of getting software up and running and, and issued out to the officers. And uh, we also, the, the north office, the PSC campus, that's not operational yet, right? Not yet. Still working on that. There were some logistics that had to be done, you know, computer wiring and things like that to make it uh, suitable for a substation, and that, that is still on schedule as well. Very good. And then the last thing, we always like to end with a did you know or a cop myth. Do you have one for me today? Yeah, this is a did you know, and, and I, I've been asked before why do detectives all over the country not wear uniforms, and it's kind of, it's it, to me, to an officer, it's obvious, but maybe to some people it's not, and there are actually a few reasons uh, for this. Uh, some people may be intimidated by the uniform, the visible weapon, et cetera. Uh, an officer in plain clothes is less intimidating, therefore uh, facilitating communication, and, and communication is what dete- a detective's job is all about. Also, wearing the uniform requires a duty belt, bulletproof vest, and so on, which is not compatible with sitting behind a desk for hours, which is uh, part of the detective's job. Uh, also, a detective doing an investigation usually does not want to stand out. They want to uh, they want to blend in, and that helps with that. So, uh, so that's why that's done. So, what I took away from that is that you say detectives are less intimidating, and they sit behind the desk all day. Is that did I did I summarize that correctly? Well, not sitting behind the desk all day. They're out. <laughs> they're out going around. But, but yeah, sitting back there making phone calls and following up on cases is a big part of their job. And listen, <laughs> I have a quick believe it or not, and this is useless information. But I got to put this out there uh, because I had no idea that um, I can connect the children's show Sesame Street and the 1947 movie It's a Wonderful Life. They have a connection, and a police officer is involved. And what that connection is, is that the characters of Bert and Ernie on Sesame Street, which began in 1969, were named after Bert the police officer and Ernie the taxi driver in It's a Wonderful Life. So there you go. What? But where did Rubber Ducky come from? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll have that for you next Thursday. His name was going to turn out to be Clarence is what I think is going to turn out to be the case. So, no, that's great. All right. Uh, Mike Wood, always a pleasure, sir. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for the information for helping keep us safe. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. 546 on News Radio 92.3. If you're considering the prospect of selling your home or buying a home or selling and buying or buying an extra or buying your first, especially buying your first, like you live in a rental and you're thinking about buying a home, Hey, call Christine Leavenworth and her folks at Leaven Ranky Realty. Talk to them. Get good advice, good information, good perspective. Get a realistic idea of what's involved in the process and how long it'll take and what they think they can find for you in the current market, in your price range, in the neighborhood that you think you want to live in. Because, I mean, all of those things can be relevant, right? Sometimes you think, well, the market's up, the market's down. What's like saying, you know, the stock market's up or down? I mean, who cares? The issue is which stock do you own. That's the one that matters the most, right? Same thing in houses. It's not all the houses all over the place, it's, you know, what's the $400,000 price range doing in Gulf Breeze? You know, what's the $800,000 price range doing in Gulf Breeze, right? Those are the questions that you really want answered because that's what matters to you, not the overall everything, because what matters in your range where you want to live is what's relevant. So they can help you with this. And I really do think if you're buying for the first time, especially, man, you couldn't do better. You could not do better than getting Christina Leavenworth on your team and you know letting her help you through that process. You know it's going to be done right, and you know you're going to get the best possible deal because she understands the seller's mindset so well that certainly advantages her with you on the buying side of the equation. Christina Leavenworth and her team at Leavenworthy Realty, 723-9158. Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Chris is even an Ironman. 
But 10 years ago, Chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing. Basically, the doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis, you, you are going to die. Fortunately, Chris received a second chance at life, made possible by an organ donor. You know, your well-being changes from loss of hope to hope to better times ahead. More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Resetting your password. Unsubscribing from emails. Printing anything. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with an auto owner's insurance independent agent, getting the right coverage for your business doesn't have to be one of them. So you can get back to more important things, like learning how that printer works. That's simple human sense. Ask Rushing Insurance in Pensacola and Daphne if auto owners make sense for you. Here are the News Radio 923 AM 1620 contest rules. You can win one prize per household per contest in any 30 day period, unless specified by individual contest rules. All prizes on News Radio 923 AM 1620 are non transferable, non redeemable for cash, or exchangeable for any other prize. News Radio 923 AM 1620 prizes must be redeemed within a 30 day period of winning. For a complete list of rules, visit NewsRadio923.com. The Port of Pensacola is more than just a name. It's a powerhouse of economic opportunities, a strategic location that sparks growth and prosperity, contributing significantly to the local and regional economy with 23 incredible businesses that call this port home. Big names like C-Max Materials, GE Wind Energy, and soon the prestigious American Magic Sailing Team. Since 1754, the Port of Pensacola has been the driving force behind Northwest Florida's economic success. Explore more at portofpensacola.com. When it comes to precious metals, there's only one place to consider, and that is Emerald Coast Coins. They're the local leader in dealing with coins and jewelry. Gold, silver, diamonds, and sterling silver. Emerald Coast Coins buys, sells, and trades. And for the past 15 years, customers from all over the Gulf Coast have trusted Emerald Coast Coins for the best estimates and prices in town. Stop in today. They're on Creighton Road, right across from Tom Thumb. Emerald Coast Coins. The Pensacola Expert Panel. Pep Talk 9 to 11 before Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. I am just a figment of your imagination.
Good morning, 552 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. We got Steve sitting in this morning for David Wayne with our headlines. Steve? Well, good morning. President Biden's son is facing federal tax charges. A special counsel charged Hunter Biden yesterday after a grand jury indicted him on nine counts. The counts, uh, the charges include tax evasion, failing to file and pay taxes, and filing false tax returns. Meanwhile, his dad, the president, spoke with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on what marked the two-month uh, date since the Israeli-Hamas war began. The White House underscored the importance of the continuous and sustained flow of humanitarian aid into Gaza. San Francisco's cracking down on non, non-Chinese political candidates appropriating Chinese names to get extra votes. Candidates in the California city have traditionally chosen Mandarin or Cantonese names to appear on the ballot as a way to appeal to the Asian-American voters there. A new policy from the San Francisco Department of Elections, however, is requiring candidates to submit some evidence showing that they've used a Chinese name for at least two years. The estate bill passed back in 2019 said candidates who did not have a Chinese name at birth can only use a phonetic translation of their given name, to which I go, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh? What? Huh? Wait, so this is, wait, <laughs> yeah. this is happening in... In, in China or no, in San this, Francisco? This is in San Francisco because no uh, candidates take Chinese names <laughs> to get extra votes. So, in A, the-, the candidates believe the voters are so dumb, Yeah, which mm, right, there right. are times the, can- <laughs> the voters prove us right. Uh, but okay, <laughs> but they've made a law that you can't adopt a name other than you're given. You cannot pretend to be Chinese by, by name. Just grabbing a name and oh saying, my that's my last name. Yeah, this right. That's signs of the apocalypse, man. Yeah. I know Bobby doesn't do his show anymore, but that's what that is. That's, that's crazy. That's, Speaking of which, in that's like in that vicinity. Yeah. Did you see the story? Um, this was yeah. It's not a new story particularly, but it did come out yesterday. Sort of a resurfaced story, the Trader Joe's story. No. So you know Trader Joe brand things. Oh, or yeah. Have Trader Joe all over them. Right. But do you know? <laughs> do you know what they're speaking of? This is what made me think of it. The Mandarin orange chicken. Like the, I guess it's the frozen chicken prepared to, you know, be made in your home. Right. Do you know what the Mandarin orange chicken actually says on the uh, the top of the bag? No. Trader Ming's. <laughs> Trader Ming's. <laughs> it, I'm, I'm not kidding. It says Trader Ming's, and and that's not all. Um, you've got Italian food, Trader Giotto's. You've got um, uh, Trader Jacques on French food, Trader Jose on Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> see, this has come up before, and people protested, and they said, hey, yeah, 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 okay, we'll change it. We can see how that looks racist. Um, now, their current view is um, we disagree that any of these labels are racist. Uh, we do not make decisions based on petitions. Uh, it's a decades-old practice appreciated by the customers, and we thought then, and we still do, that this naming of products could be fun and show appreciation for other cultures. So sure. <laughs> just, just a there you go. Just a – that's – I – I don't understand why people would be upset by it. It doesn't sound racist to me. It sounds like they're trying, you know, unless Trader Joe's is racist against the white people who name their kids. I mean, you know, it just seems like such a weird thing to get worked up about. But it is unusual, I think, that you're expecting Trader Joe's merch and you get home and you're like, Trader Ming? You know, although they could have used uh, Trader Zhu would have been a little bit more on brand for them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Steve, thanks so much for the update. 555 on News Radio 92.3, informative local dependable oh speaking of crazy things the homeless do <laughs> oh my god look i i should preface this conversation with the following comment uh we give all of our that <laughs> not the segue you were looking for jake it just caught me off guard but that was that was a great segue <laughs> um 
Look, I, we give we tithe our money to local social uh, organizations that promote the gospel and do the gospel in terms of helping poor people. You know, waterfront, manna, you know, loaves and fishes. That's right. That's that's where we give our money. Um, so whatever else you hear from me, know that that's my behavior. And I have great sympathy for people who are uh, homeless, people who suffer economic adversity, people who have mental issues in drug addiction, even. Even if it's a self-chosen problem, it is still a problem that is afflicting people and is serious, okay? All that said, um, can we agree that a lot of vagrants create major problems, whether it's panhandling, uh, making people feel unsafe, creating trash, and all that, all that stuff? So here's a story that I thought I never would have been uh, tasked with reporting, but here goes. In Baltimore, you have a real problem— that is caused by public urination. And it's not just the fact that it's nasty and it's smelly and it's, okay, because um, that happens everywhere. The problem is the buildings are really old. And the buildings are made by a, uh, the old buildings of Baltimore, the old historic buildings, are made with a relatively soft brick and mortar. And there's literally so much peeing going on that the brick and mortar is decaying on the buildings and it's causing foundations in some of the buildings to crack and crumble. And part of it is not just the homeless, but it is because the shop owners will have to come along the morning after and clean up so much, which is more water detergent on soft brick and mortar buildings a problem which they wouldn't have to do as often if not for, right? So they're trying to figure out, do we go with, like, more public bathrooms? Do we, you know, post guards to have anti p You know, <laughs> like, what do you do? But, oh, my God, that it could get to that place where the 82,000 historical buildings in Baltimore, at least some of them, are at risk of major structural problems because of so much of the peeing. So, you know, if you think your city's got it bad, <laughs> like if you think, you know, we've got it bad, just um, try to imagine being in that situation. 437-1620. Oh, the college football playoff committee is uh, being very responsive to the concerns by FSU fans and other people who just believe in, you know, rules, order, and fairness, which is the whole football universe, right? I mean, outside of some rare maybe Alabama and Texas fans, uh, but even there I think a lot of them are like, yeah, we know. Okay, so – uh, they, they're being responsive because they have like a web page where you can contact them and submit your comments. Oh, they've, they've deleted the page. <laughs> they just don't want to hear from you anymore. And there have been so many good suggestions like adding a play-in game, you know, making Texas and Alabama play each other in a play-in game against FSU for the, the fifth spot. I mean, their fourth spot. I don't know. Lots of ideas, but you know, they've gone so far as to completely check out. We are not taking your calls and your comments anymore. Please leave us alone. Local news every hour and breaking news when it matters most. News Radio 92.3 WNRP Golf Breeze Milton, Pensacola.